Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Kellogg, and I'll be joined by sports editor of the UI Argonaut, Chris Dermer. We'll talk Idaho football up with their upcoming game against the University of Montana for the Battle of the Little Brownstein. We'll talk about Idaho basketball officially kicking off their 2019 seasons, Idaho volleyball hosting the Montanas in Memorial Gym at the start of their final homestand. Before we take a look at the NFL MVP race, the playoff picture for college football, um, our picks of the week, and all, and also our Mike Leach Awards. Thank you all for listening. As always, tune in every week for a new episode of the podcast. And as always, go Vandals. Welcome back. Another edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. Zach Kellogg here with... With Chris Dermer, Chris, we we are back once again. Um, yeah, we are. Pretty big week for me last week. Uh, in yeah, terms yeah, of our, yeah. Um, Get it out as picks. you want. Go no, ahead. You know, I'll see it for after the break when we get into okay. our pick section. All I'll, right. I'll gloat a little bit more. But starting things off, um, we got a lot to talk about here today. We got Vandal basketball for men's and women's underway now. We got volleyball in the tail end of their season. But starting off, we have the battle for the Little Brown Stein down over in Missoula. Oh, we do. Um, don't know how much of a battle it's going to be this time. Yeah. Uh, Idaho going off to face the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, really, the Grizzlies ranked sixth right now in, in the stats FCS poll. Um, in Missoula, hard to think that we have a, a better than like a 2% chance to win this game, Chris. Yeah, Zach, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to put some faithful hope into the Vandal football team. But this week, it's just not going to happen. We're going to get dominated. It's yep. going to be gross. Nobody wants to watch this game. It may be interesting for the first quarter, but then Montana's going to blow it wide open. It's going to be bad, and I have to write about it, about, you know, <laughs> same old stuff, losing on the road. Um, I mean, Idaho does play up to the competition, so, like, maybe it's going to be close. That would be great. This if is it, the first If it's just, a, like, a contested contest, I'd be happy with that. You know, we lose by, like, 10, but it was, like, a close game throughout. That'd be great, but uh, that's not going to happen, Zach. See, really in the big sky this season, we haven't played a solid team on the road yet, if you think about no. it. So this will be the first time we really actually face, because every time we've played a solid team, it's been in the Kibbe Dome. Yeah. So if it is that we just frankly play to play to whatever our competition is, such as when we lost in Northern Colorado, yeah. you know, and, and, those, and those type of things, we lost to Portland State. If we hang with Montana, if we... If, like you said, if we lose by 10, hell, if we lose by 14, I'm, I'm going to count that as a pretty solid game. As Definitely. long as we don't lose by, by more than two touchdowns, I'll consider that, you know what, we, we, we hung pretty tough with the number six team in the country. Anything more than that is kind of what I'm spec- yeah. expecting, but exactly. But we'll just have to see. I mean, losing to only a touchdown to Weber State, that was huge. But then again, that was in the Kippy Dome. I mean, the only good road game we've had this season was against Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, you know, Big Mountain West School, which is huge. Uh, so if we could bring that intensity over to Montana, you know, there's a chance. But I just I'm not seeing it this week. And you know, you've been kind of talking about in your articles how Petrino they they've been putting emphasis on these rivalry games or on Definitely. these redemption games where they got blown out last year. And this is really one of them. I mean, remember the Kibbe Dome was pretty dang full. I remember for that game against the Grizzlies last yep. year for the Little Brownstein and. It, it, it was a nice environment, and we hung time with them, but then that, that dual-threat quarterback just ran all over us, and yeah. that's kind of always been our kryptonite is, is when a quarterback drops back and scrambles out of the pocket, we just have no contain. And, like, they just scramble for – and they're able to rush for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
Yeah, you know, going game last season was huge. You know, coming off, I think, came off a huge win against North Dakota. Had yep. a bunch of momentum coming our way. Uh, undefeated at home, mm-hmm. and then playing Montana with that packed stadium, we, you know, it was embarrassing. It was a, yeah. it was a big loss. So, um, this is the one rivalry that that's probably the biggest for Idaho, and I just don't know if they're ready enough to match up with the type of guys that Montana brings in year after year. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Sorry, I just got a text here. You know about my other three thousand jobs here oh, yeah. on campus, but you know. I can wait right now. Uh, really, for this team, it's been such a, a weird season. Like you said, we, we only lost by touchdown to Weber State. Definitely. We beat Idaho State. We beat Eastern Washington. Granted, Eastern and Idaho State aren't what they were last year, yep. really, because there's been, in, pretty much across all sports, there's been a huge shakeup in the big sky in terms of who is where. But I think it's still pretty definite that the Montanas are still the top schools in, in, in a lot Definitely. of those sports, especially for football. I mean... We'll get into this a little bit more for our picks. We'll go a little bit deeper into this. But, I mean, kind of, for me at least, my initial gut feeling, it, it it's kind of what you said at the top. It's not going to be pretty. It's no. going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a four-touchdown loss. Okay. And I think yep. I, Colton, I'm, I don't think we'll play. He was in a boot last week no. for, for the game. I mean. We're getting Mason. I, I think we'll see Mason, and then if it gets bad enough, we'll see Nikhil get out there, and we'll see him toss a few around and kind of see what yeah. happens. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun game, but nope. hopefully it's a, you know, just got to rip the band-aid off, really. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, So coming up, so, ne- so next up, let's, let's talk about something that's a little bit of a high note. Something okay. that's always, that, that we seem to always hang tough with. We'll start off with women's basketball, because that's the team that is projected to finish second in the big sky. Definitely. You know, a team that has a lot of expectations, despite losing friends and Pierce, the Splash Sisters from last season. They went on the road. They played the Cowgirls over over in Stillwater mm-hmm. um, against Oklahoma State. They lost that one. Uh, it was like forty, like forty two sixty six, like so, so, something like that. I mean, I, I watched that whole game. Both teams couldn't buy a shot mm. flat out. Like we played a nice two three zone on them. We forced them to shoot yep. the three ball. They shot like twenty percent from three. Granted, we shot like twenty percent from the field. And really, the third quarter is the only time either team found success in terms of shooting percentage, where we shot like 40% and they shot 44%. But really, I think it's a hard indicator to tell where this team is. Because, I mean, Oklahoma State isn't, they're projected to finish six, I believe, in the Big 12. But granted, they are still, it's still the Big 12. Definitely. They still have a lot of big name recruits. Like, when I was watching the game, they snagged one from Cal, who is a pretty high level recruit coming in. Interesting. So they were a pretty solid school. I mean, newly knew the coach over there when he coached back at SMU way mm-hmm. back when, before you know Idaho State and Idaho. Oh and all yeah, that. oh yeah. And so he, they were talking about how he knew the coaches, and so it's kind of like kind of a reunion game for him. But hmm. I mean, we didn't look bad really. The defensive intensity was pretty high. Okay. We were flying around in two three zone. It's just the fact that we always had to run the. We always made the Cowgirls run the shot clock down mm-hmm. to the last couple shots, and then if we got the rebound. We'd go out, turn and transition. We'd try and get a layup, make or miss. You got to go right back on defense for another 35 seconds. I gotcha, yeah. And so it's just kind of that thing that I saw that was, um, you know, it, it we put all this def- we put all this time, but we need to slow down and use our half court offense to give our give, give the girls a break because you're making them play defense for 30 straight seconds, make them miss the shot, and then you're immediately turning yeah. it over. It's like, yeah, you want transition, but it's just kind of gas your team out, especially when you guys aren't the most in transition team anymore since you don't have Michaela running the Definitely. 
Yeah, I mean, just having, you know, that's, it's not really a new team, but having him adjust to who the new scoring options are. Exactly. That's just really who that's going to be, you know, like, you know, option C's and B's are now, you know, they're A option options. A's, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Just having that adjust and the new girls learning, like, okay, we have a bigger role now this season. So yeah. once that happens, they're going to be clicking. This team's going to be fine. Yeah. So. Really, the only thing I'm worried about is just the three-point shooting because John, because Newley um, is going to live and die by the three ball. Definitely. Like he, he's not going to like uh, Gina Markson shot like seven of thirty, or she, she shot. I believe just all but two of her shots were three pointers. Wow! So she, and she, she only made like three of them, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so th- she's letting them fly. Like every time I saw it, she got the ball and she had a couple feet of space. She's letting it fly, especially like even like four steps from behind the arc. Man. Janie King, she's gonna let it fly. Uh, Beyonce B, the the freshman uh, out of Washington, she looked pretty solid. She had a seven seven points, ten rebounds against the uh-huh. Oklahoma State team where they had almost everyone above six foot. So really, for this team, Lizzie Klinker is gonna be one of the main scoring options still, of course. And Natalie Klinker is gonna be the one of the posts down low that has to fight for the boards. Izzy Haddon's gonna have to continue to step yep. up in terms of. Knocking down the mid-range shot she's become known for and being the offensive contributor because she has struggled defensively in recent years. But we'll just have to see for this team. I, I don't know if we'll live up to that second seed expectation, but definitely a top five, five, five yeah. and above. We're, we're definitely still a top five team in the conference. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to be highly competitive in the Big oh, Sky. 100%. So. Yeah, it's just going to be can they stay healthy into the Big Sky. Yeah. and. Because I think health is another thing because Allison Kirby, I think she might be the X factor for this team. Definitely. If you have a backcourt with Gina Markson and Allison Kirby, two solid yep. defensive players, players that can knock down the three ball, you're going to win a whole lot of games. Yeah, it's funny, you know, back in high school, we used to go up to good old Priest River High School, <laughs> and we used to have this uh, rivalry game called Battle of the Block with uh, Timberlake High School Yeah. and uh, Spirit Lake. Yeah. Well, guess who just so happened to go to Spirit Lake and Timberlake? Allison Kirby. Yeah. And – that girls teams when I was going to high school they only wa- lost like two games or something like that yeah like, they made it like four straight state championships yep and then finally they won one and then I think they won another one they were just dominant and yeah Kirby was definitely a part of that she just has like that killer mentality she she is so freaking it's, good yeah. it's it's ridiculous definitely I went up there so I do play by play for the high schools mm-hmm. and so Moscow will go up to Timberlake and play there in their gym it's just like the boys team it's like. Yep. Five or six, you know, state championship appearance. Mm. The, girls, the girls, it's just like the last 15 years, just <laughs> like almost yeah. every single year, either appearance or championship, mm-hmm. every single time when I'm like, or district championships. It's just like, how Yeah, there was How can good, you have such a good program in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, no, how are you able to a, do this? There was, a good, there was a good time where it was just Timberlake and Priest River going at it for many, many years. Yeah. So, and Allison Kirby's been a part of that, and now she's here at Idaho, which is just crazy to think about. Small world. Yeah. Um, uh, but now we'll talk about the men's team. Uh, you know, this being, by all definitions, a new-look team, essentially, only returning, I believe, like five players from last season, one of which being, you know, Trayvon Allen, Scott yep. Blakeney. Yep. Um, but really, they, got, they they played Evergreen State College for their first game of the season. We got the win, yep. 88-82. Vandal fans aren't happy about it. Uh, no. I'm, I'm utterly shocked, you know, no, that I they mean, are voicing their disappointment yeah, with which, the team. But like, I get it, but yeah. at the same time – you know, it's nice for this team to have a win. You should just be happy that the team yeah. got a win because that's a lot for their confidence. Like, how do you think they feel? Like, yeah, they're saying all this to the media, but honestly, you lose two exhibition games yeah. to teams that you're probably definitely supposed to be by a lot. Yeah. And then you lose both of them. You probably don't have a lot of confidence. Like, 
Like, imagine you, you played you played basketball in high school, didn't yep. you, Zach? Okay. Not for so let's go back. Our school sucked, but you know, yeah, yeah, I did. same, same. I get. It. So let's go back. So I was part of a you know program that you know we lost a lot of games. Let's yep. just say that we lost a lot of games. We got a little better, but we still lost more than we won. Yep. You know, and you know you just you look at the schedule and you're like, okay, this should be a win. This should be a win. And then yep. when it's not a win, you're you just know, like, you're kind of shot. You're kind of shot a little bit. And then yep. you're like, okay, well, you know what? Let's go back out to the next week because you know we just just a bad game. You know. Yeah. Just tossed off to a bad game. And then you lose again. You know, not good. And I think that's what's happening for last year's team. They yeah. kept losing and losing and losing. Trevor Allen has said that, like, the team got used to losing. And yeah. it's something that this year, this season, cannot happen. So just having that win, even if it is an only six-point game against a state college, you know. Yeah. Just having it under their belt, knowing, like, okay, we can come together as a unit, especially when it gets really close late and pull off a win. Um, yeah. It's really big for this team. No, I 100% agree. Like, I very similar thing playing down in Nampa. My senior year, remind you, I was our starting center, mm. and I was six feet tall. Interesting. Um, as a senior in high school, I'm about six one now, but six feet, flat footed. You know, playing against guys who are like they, six eight they and throw five me in the post too all the time, which made no sense. And I played in in five A basketball, so I played against the mm. Rockies, the Capitals, the Boras, yeah. the Eagles. You know. The guys that are going to Weber State and Idaho State to play college yeah. ball in BYU, you know, That's and so I, I totally understand that. That in terms of like you just get like you're just like, oh Columbia, we got this, Emmett, pff, that pre, we got this, yeah. and then you lose by like 15 points. You're just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, so man. Getting a win like this, I 100% agree with you. It's what this team needs. They just need to get their confidence up, continue to build that chemistry. They're, uh, I believe they're only rushing one guy this season. That's Gabe Quinnett, the freshman from mm. Moscow. Um, okay. He's the I believe he's the only red shirt they're having this year. Everyone else like AJ Youngman, uh, Jack Wilson will be back in January. You know all these guys. Um, they'll be back sooner rather than later. Hopefully, most of them from injuries. Mm-hmm. So we'll see them back. And and this team, I mean, we could have a fourteen man deep team. We're a little smaller, so I think the thing is we need to run the floor. Yep. Play very high intensity defense for ev- for for all forty minutes, and just kind of see where this team takes us. Yeah, it'll be an inter- interesting season to see if, I mean, this team's actually at least going to be competitive every yeah. game. Um, men's basketball has a lot to prove. It's they, been, they do. It's yeah. been a weird three years, you know, from experience the highs of highs to the lows of lows. I was about to say, going so, from competing for, for Big Sky Championships yeah. to being the literal dumpster yeah, of the conference. Yeah, there was a time where I really believed that we were going to be playing in March Madness, and then man it just has crashed from there yeah <laughs> so if we can at least just even out you know just be like a 500 team yeah no if we we, we won 500 i wouldn't be complaining yeah. at all e- even if it was just big sky exactly yeah but i mean this is also a lot of proof for zach claus been at the program for a yeah. very long time now and it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do now that he's he's the guy of the program Definitely. now and he's he brought in all these transfers and i know it's kind of a patch what you can together and see what works but if he's able to make this work, I could see him staying here as a head coach. But, yep. I mean, it's just kind of one of those one-year test runs. Like, here's your shot. Show us what you got. Mm-hmm. Um, so, rounding out kind of what's going on in Vandal sports, we have Vandal volleyball, which is home against the Montanas. I'll be there with the call with with Connor Swarzy, another one of our nice. beat writers. Um, so, really, uh, Montana, I believe, was the first school in the Big Sky we lost to um, on the road. We lost them 1-3. And uh, Montana, on the other hand, kind of opposite – not very good this season. I believe they have three conference wins this yeah, year. So four wins in total. Four wins in total. So. I mean, granted, non-conference is always like freaking – like true. you always look at the tournaments. It's like, why are we playing these teams? That's so, true. 
I don't take that in consideration too much, but looking at the conference, Montana's not a very good team. And I think for this year, or for this week, they're playing tonight. Well, we're recording this on Thursday, so tonight, uh, Montana in Memorial Gym. But the big thing will be on Saturday. Montana's vying for that second spot um, in the Big Sky, which we're tied with Weber State with right now. Northern Colorado is first. They have 11 wins, one loss, I mm-hmm. think, right now. And we're right behind them at 8-4, and four, uh, barring what happens in this Montana game, I believe, will be 9-4 and four and tied directly with Weber State. If we're able to win out against Montana, that'll propel us to the second spot, and I think it'll be one step closer to getting, I believe we get a first-round bye if you're in that wow. top-two seed. And so it, this is a big turning point for this young Vandal team. That'd you be know? huge to get a first-round bye, especially for how young this team is. That's that's big. And, I mean, they, they have experienced quite a lot this year. I mean, against Sac State last week, they, br- they blew an 0-2, or a 2-0 lead yeah. to losing five sets, which is unheard of for a W.B. Cannon squad. I think that's the first time they've allowed that all season long. So this team, they, they've, they've been seeing the consistency, sweeping teams, you know, winning in four sets, but now they're letting some things slip through the cracks a little bit. Yeah. But how, with Delaney Hopin and Paige Drew Piper, the two-member senior class, mm-hmm. um, we'll see how this team does. I think they can pick up a win, though. So yeah, we'll definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, this team has proven to me that they're one of the best of the guys. So yep. I assume, especially with David Buchanan, I don't think this team's going to have this be the game they shouldn't lose, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, talking with Coach Buchanan yesterday um, when I got to interview here, yeah, she was talking about, like, this is just a time of season we have to finish. She's, yep. she's like, this is a time when we have to win the close – like, last time we lost against Montana, three of the four sets were decided by less than four points. Mm-hmm. So she said, like, we hung out, we hung in with them. We just simply didn't score enough. So it's going to be interesting to see what this team does. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. If we can be able to get two wins, heck, that's going to bode very well for this program and trying oh, to get to that – yep. trying to – Keep on getting closer to Northern Colorado and try and, you know, set themselves up to have an easier Big Sky Conference mm-hmm. uh, tournament. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at the college football playoff rankings, give our picks of the week, along with our Mike Leach Awards, and also look at the MVP race in the NFL. And we are back here in the studio, Zach Kellogg, Chris Dermer. Um, starting things off, I say, Chris, we just take a look at the um, newly released uh, college football playoff rankings. Um, interesting to see Ohio State first overall yep. right now, uh, LSU 2, Alabama 3, Penn State 4, with Clemson being the first one out at 5, and then Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, and Florida. We'll talk about all these a little yeah. bit more, but, I mean, kind of what are your feelings that, um, to start off, that Ohio State is the top-ranked team in the country? Uh, honestly, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, I think that from seeing their performance all season long, they're one of the most dominant teams in, uh, all of FBS right now. Um, I think resume wise, I don't think they're the strongest resume at the moment. I think you would give that to LSU who has the strongest resume. Um, but it's going to be a big game, uh, next week. I'm pretty sure. Or in a few weeks against a few weeks against, uh, Penn state. Yeah. That's, um, Three weeks, yeah. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks, you have Penn State, and then you have, um, you know, the big rivalry against against, uh, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they're able to win those two, especially if Penn State remains in the top four. Definitely. Definitely. And kind of seeing what happens with this LSU-Alabama game. Yeah, it's going to be a tough three, four-week stretch there because, you know, if you assume Ohio State, they got Penn State, Michigan, and if they win both of those, then you got the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, that could uh, – I mean, right now, I'm pretty sure Ohio State has three Heisman candidates, which is unheard of. Yeah. I mean, when you have your quarterback, your running back, and your top defensive end, 
uh, all Heisman, legit Heisman candidates. That's ridiculous. I mean, Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and then the monster Chase Young, who a lot are predicting he's going to go number one overall in the draft. Yeah. Which deservingly so. Yeah. Um, Hasid has not skipped a beat losing out on Urban Meyer, and Coach Day has done a terrific job at, you know, keeping the consistency with this program and making him possibly one of the most dominant Buckeyes teams I've seen the past few seasons. Um, yeah. Probably since, you know, obviously when they won the championship and then the season after that, I think they were still really dominant as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no surprising thing at all with Hossett being number one. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, Maryland's no joke. I mean, remember a couple years ago, it might have been last year, a couple years ago when Maryland took them down to the, yeah. literally the final play. Yeah. I mean, there, there yeah, was... Yeah, Maryland has shown to be... You know, a big hiccup for the Buckeyes the past few seasons. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that poor, that that Penn State game. I mean, and, and Michigan, and then the Big Ten championship. If they went out, there's no way you can't you, you can kick him out at number one. Yeah. Heck, even if they lose to Penn State, if they're still in top four, yeah. and then, I mean, do they still got a case in order to sneak their way in? Kind of depending on what else happens. Um, the biggest thing though will be LSU versus Alabama this week. Uh, LSU on the road at Alabama. I was listening to Joe Joel Klatt the other day, and he was saying how for this, the LSU-Bama game really is kind of make or break for the Crimson Tide. Because if they lose yeah. this one, because they have like the 127th weakest schedule in the country, mm-hmm. or 127th ranked schedule in the country in terms of um, opponents winning percentage, and then LSU on the road... If LSU wins, they they might leapfrog Ohio State. I say maybe go number one because that's just such oh, a big yeah, win. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, LSU doesn't really have too much to lose in this kind of game. It's it's all Bama. They've had a terrible schedule. You know, all these games that they've played this season, they for the most part have like should have won. So yeah, I was like their A and M game, who was ranked twenty fourth, they're not even ranked anymore. No. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina. Granted, South Carolina beat Georgia, but I think that says more on Georgia than anything else. Yeah, I mean Tennessee, even, Arkansas. Even the rest of their schedule. I mean, maybe. I mean, obviously, probably Auburn will give them a tough game because you know the Iron Bowl. Yeah, and then SEC championship as well if they can make it. But yeah, I was like, they have to win this game if they want yeah. to win the SEC championship. LSU, so. I think, has a better shot at. If, even if they lose, they can make like. Bama basically just cannot lose this season if they want to make the playoff. Yeah, it's. I think that their week schedule is coming back to bite them a little bit because people are saying like, okay, yeah, like we get your Alabama, but LSU beat Texas. Like, granted, Texas isn't what we thought they'd be, but they scheduled Texas as to play them when they were ninth in the country. Yeah, at Texas, mind at you. Texas. Then they beat Florida number seven. They beat Auburn, who was number nine. It's like all the teams they have beaten were ranked in the top ten when they played them. Yep. It's like the Bama, Bama's only ranked team was ranked 24th. And so, I mean, beating three ranked schools, Auburn w- was was pretty close. But, I mean, still with the win, I mean, it, it just says a lot. And then after, if they beat Bama, if LSU beats Bama, they have Miss, Old Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. And then the SEC championship game if they make yeah. it. It's hard, well, hard to think that it – I mean, this is probably the game of the year for both these programs. Mm-hmm. LSU, though, if they lose – I think they still have a case to make it in because they still have three wins over top ten opponents. Definitely. Um, we got two Pac-12 teams here um, at seven and eight with Oregon and Utah. I mean, we'll just have to wait until the the Pac-12 championship. I was what I say. If real, I, I was listening to this too. Um, if Oregon 
wins out and wins the Pac-12, that like they'll win their final ten games, I think that is, or win all ten games in in conference. They'll be the first team to ever do that, I think. Wow. Was go ten and zero in their conference play because no one really plays ten mm-hmm. conference games or something like that. It was kind of a crazy thing when I looked or when I heard it. But I mean. Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State, and then Pac-12 championship, which more likely than not will be against Utah. And then looking at the Utes, I mean, if both teams went out and then end up in the Pac-12 championship, could be an interesting Pac-12 championship. I mean, that they they have they have a a good argument to make to the playoff because I mean, yeah. Granted, Utah lost to USC on the road, but then Bama or not Bama, Oregon lost to Auburn. At a neutral field to open up the season. So I say you give Oregon the edge. If they win it, I mean, they can sneak in that four spot, I think, pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make make the argument for it. But at the end of the day, let's – I mean, overall, probably be the Big Ten champion, SC yep. champion. That's that's a for sure thing. Yep. And then I would assume Clemson's going to make it if they win out as well. So <sighs> Clemson is just – they just look so weak this year. Like yeah, it's like I even mean, with a light schedule, they just haven't been looking like the world beaters they were last season. Sure, but this is still Clemson, and yeah. I think this is the spot they want to be in. You know, because like right now, like the winner of so these the four teams in the playoff right now all have to play each other, which is great. Yeah. So the winner of LSU Bama that'll stay. Obviously, the winner between Ohio State Penn State that'll stay. So that leaves. I don't think you keep. You can maybe keep LSU in. You know. Maybe, but I think Penn State or Ohio State would get booted. Um, and then Clemson would find their way to sneak in. I just think it's Clemson's to lose, really. So there's really going to be probably one spot open. And, you know, maybe maybe a Pac-12 school can sneak in there. I think there is a good argument for Oregon or Utah team. But, I mean, you compare maybe their schedules, though, to like an LSU. I don't know. Yeah. It could be interesting. And I mean, you still have Georgia sitting at six. Yeah, I mean, you still have Georgia I mean, as well. There's still Georgia, and Georgia can, you know, the winner. I mean, you know, if they're the SEC champion at the end of all this, and they somehow finally can beat Bama, yeah, and not blow it, um, I think they can definitely make the playoff. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, it's it's this is gonna be a very interesting last few weeks here. Are there any? Because I think we're gonna get two SEC schools in there for sure. Like you yeah. said, the Big Ten champion, and then either Clemson. Or Oregon, I would say, or Utah, unless Oklahoma can somehow leapfrog everyone, which I don't see. Are there any outliers you think that could uh, make an impact? Um, I mean Baylor. I would okay. say if they can go, if they can keep it going and win the Big Twelve championship, I would say that they could have a case. If they beat Oklahoma and beat Texas in pretty convincing fashion, mm-hmm. like if they're able to like blow out Oklahoma by like twenty okay. points and then just throttle Texas and then. When whoever ends up in the Big 12 championship at the case, I mean, you finish the season undefeated. I mean, you're 12-0, and 13-0 with a Big 12 championship on your boat. Baylor's got an argument. Okay. Um, my my pick is my pick for you. Good old Minnesota. Minis- that is an interesting one. That, Minnesota. That, that's my outlier. That has a chance. I was like, they're 8-0. They're 17. They are 8-0. Going up against uh, Penn State this week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, they they would obviously have to go undefeated. Yeah, but I mean, you beat Penn State, you beat Iowa, both of those are ranked. You, if you beat Northwestern and then beat Wisconsin, who's also ranked with Jonathan Taylor, and then if you somehow win the Big Ten championship, the, there's definitely a path. I mean, that's 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 this is the best part about the college football playoff is now that we see what teams need to do and this like 
how yep. almost every game from here on out, it's going to totally change the landscape of the playoff from top to bottom, especially since they we have this kind of scenario where the top teams will be playing yeah. each other midseason. I think if there's any team outside maybe the top eight right now that has the best chance to make it into the four, it's Minnesota. Just the way their schedule's set up, everything's lined up for them to make a run. Yeah, I – that's the thing. I, I think it's just the, the undefeated teams. I don't see two lost Michigan or no. or two lost Kansas State despite being 16th. Um, I don't see them getting in. I don't see Florida or Auburn. I mean, that, that, that's going to be the argument. It's going to be almost like the UCF argument, like we're undefeated. We, yeah. we should get some. We should get our sh- shot if we did not lose a game this year. I mean, yeah. in the, but it's a Power 5 conference at a group of five. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, always got to look at the Boise State Broncos. Down, sure. down down south. I mean, they're twenty sure. second. They, they, I mean, that loss to um, there's no BYU. Way make, there's no way they'll make the four. No, no, but. no way. I would say unless they were undefeated and like we're just destroying yeah. everyone, then they'd have a case. Yeah. But I mean, no way. This. I mean, they're probably. I don't even think they'll be. Who else is in the group? Of, I don't think anyone else in the group of five is above them. Doesn't look like or Memphis is, and they're eight and one. So. Boise State and Memphis, they're going to be the ones looking yep. for that New Year's Six Bowl. So, And, I mean, if you – I would say you probably want to give it to Boise State. I mean, if you want ratings because more right, people yeah. know Boise State than anyone else in That's terms true. of the best group of five school. So, we'll just leave it at that. we still got a lot of football left to play. We'll talk about one of these upcoming matchups in terms of our picks of the week, which uh, we'll talk about here in a minute. But next up, let's take a, let's talk about the, um, the MVP race right now um, in the NFL. Uh, so far through midseason, I mean, right now in my eyes, it is Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, think those are the three. Yeah, it, it comes down to those three. I mean, it's probably Russ at the moment. I think like he's having a terrific season. Uh, yeah. The numbers add up with it. The record adds up to it. Um, you know, may, maybe Houston. Deshaun Watson's been balling yep. out as well. So uh, I think it's going to come down to probably those two. For the, you know, for the MVP. So, excuse me, but I, I agree. Yeah, Russ. I mean, I'm trying to put my my homer aside right now. I mean, but, but I mean, just 22 and one right now. Um, seven and two in Seattle. I mean, really, it's it's just like everything's kind of lining up for him. As long as he doesn't have like a three interception game, I'd yeah. say, or has a game where he tosses for 150 yards, two picks, and no touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It, it's his MV, It's his MVP to lose. I mean, Lamar Jackson, I mean, after that game in Seattle, I was always like, all right, Lamar, like, because they had the loss to Cleveland earlier yeah. in the year. I was like, all right, like, I don't know about Baltimore, but Lamar as a pocket passer, he or as a passer, I shouldn't say pocket passer, but he's been improving this year. Definitely. I mean, he is so smart when he's running the football. Yeah. It's like, I was like, oh, he's going to be an RG3. But he gets down yeah. when he sees anyone coming, or he's smart. He's like, I'm not going to take this hit unless I have the space to break it free. Mm-hmm. So with Lamar... I'd say if Russ has a bad game, I'd say it's him. But, I mean, in all honesty, if Christian McCaffrey breaks the record for all-purpose yards, yeah. I think you kind of have to give it to him. Yeah, unless unless Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson breaks a record. Yeah, yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is one of the outliers who aren't the quarterbacks. So. Yeah. I want to see – I mean, that's the thing. It's like despite Russell Wilson, my guy, being in the running for MVP, I wouldn't be mad at all to see Christian McCaffrey win it. Because yeah. I think he got snubbed. That was my big thing. He got snubbed from the Heisman when Derrick Henry won it. Definitely. He broke Barry Sanders' record for most all-purpose yards, which Barry Sanders won the Heisman for. 
So I'm still bitter about that, that he should have won the Heisman at Stanford. And so I wouldn't be mad if he won MVP with those kind of stats, if he continues on this pace and if North or if Carolina sneaks into the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll make the play- Carolina might make the playoffs. Um, they're all relying down on Kyle Allen now, uh, Cam Newton now for the rest of the season. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Kyle Allen and really it'll be the Christian McCaffrey show still. So if there's any time for him to get the MVP, it's now. Who do you think are, like, the playoff teams, like, teams actually vying for a playoff spot in the NFC right now? Do you want to go oh. through and just kind of think, like, wh- wh- where kind of the race is at the moment? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we can go through the race. I mean, let's see. I think the Panthers can sneak in there. Uh, yeah. The divisional leaders, I think, all will be probably the Cowboys, the, the Saints. Saints. Yeah. Um, the North is interesting because all the teams up north are very – competitive right now yeah um i don't think the bears will make it this season no i, I think Travis, he's i think it's going to come much. down to the vikings packers up in the okay. north for nfc um let's see nfc west it'll be niners seahawks and i mean there's still the rams too yeah so that's a very interesting and i mean the cardinals have been winning a lot of games as of late so who knows yeah. with them too um it's interesting the wild card spot will be very interesting this year because you got Seahawks. And you got the Eagles too, who always seem that to sneak their way the in. Eagles, so you have Seahawks, Eagles, Panthers, those three right there. Yeah. Um, Rams. Yeah. So I can't forget about the Rams. So yeah, I don't know who can sneak in there for the NFC. I think I mean I think we have a nine-team race right yeah. now. I mean, like you said, all the divisional winners are the leaders right now, and then Eagles, Panthers, Seahawks, Rams. And Vikings, essentially. Yeah, Vikings as well. Yeah, the Vikings And so, I mean, like a nine-team race, AFC is a little bit clear because it's just kind of you're seeing who's good, who's bad. I mean, it's going to be interesting down the stretch. I mean, especially with the Colts now, with Jacoby Brissett probably being out this week with the MCL sprain. Possibly, possibly. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It was a strain. It was a strain. That's right. My bad. He's been practicing all week, so. I think he he should be good to go then, He might play. He might play. But, I mean, the AFC is a I want to say less interesting, but you're kind of, you know, it's going to be Kansas City. It's going to be New England. It's going to be probably be Buffalo. It's going to be the Ravens, and it's going to be – who am I forgetting here? It's going to be the the Texans with the Colts vying for that wild card spot as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty clear cut there in the AFC. Um, NFC is really up in the air right now. Yep. But, you know, I mean, we're only midway through the season kind of, so we still got what? Six weeks of football left. Uh, yeah, we week ten. Yeah, yeah, we're going into week ten. So yeah, we still 10. got. Yeah, so including this, we got seven weeks. Seven weeks, yeah, you're right. Seven so, weeks, and then we still got playoffs. So yeah, we we still got a lot of football left yep. to play. I mean, it's gonna be really interesting to see what what these teams do, especially towards the tail end of the year when when the playoff picture starts getting a little bit more clear. I mean, definitely. I guess that kind of segues us into our next segment here of our picks of the week. Um. To start all off, we probably got one of the biggest matchups in the NFL this week. Seattle Seahawks down at the San Francisco 49ers, 7 and 2 against 9 and 0, or 7 and 2 against 8 and 0. Yep. Richard Sherman facing off against his old team once again. I mean, as you said, Russell Wilson an MVP candidate, MVP front runner right mm-hmm. now. Who you got, Chris? Uh, I got the Niners. I got 49ers this week. You got the um, Niners? Okay. Yep, I got the Niners. I mean, there ain't no for a reason. That defense is ridiculous. And they are unreal. I mean, this is a huge game for Russell Wilson, of course. If he beats, if he beats four Niners, I think that solidifies him as the MVP. Yeah. If he can ball out against this crazy defense. 
Um, but I just think as a collective team unit, the Niners are better right now. Yeah. So, um, and it's in, it's not Candlestick Park anymore, but it is in San Francisco. So, yeah, I'm going to go 49ers. I mean, I think it's going to be a close competitive game. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's on Monday night. So, yeah. That'll be interesting as well, especially since last I'd time the Niners played was on Thursday night last yeah. week. So they've had over they'll have over a week to prepare for this one. I'd go thirty four twenty eight. Thirty four twenty eight is what you'll go right there? Yeah. Okay. See I did go undefeated last week. This is my chance to gloat real quick. You know, yeah, you I, I went undefeated, you know, yeah, I got I got the Raiders winning over Detroit. I got Denver beating Cleveland and I got Georgia beating Florida. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yep. But I'd be it'd be sacrilegious. I would be crucified in the streets if I pick Seattle or if I pick San Francisco over Seattle this mm-hmm. week. That the despite me trying to be as unbiased as possible, I mean I th- I mean with Josh Gordon on the team now, that's going to be interesting to see if how well he measures with, with Russell Wilson. I got to pick Seattle. I mean okay. Same with you. I think it's going to be a very close game. That defense is going to probably get 4 to 5 sacks on Russ. Our defense, I mean, it's probably going to get shredded a little bit. I think Jimmy G is going to throw for a cool 320. So I think it's going to be a shootout that comes all the way down to the very end. And give me Russell Wilson in the clutch. Give me Russell Wilson when it matters the most. I mean, I wouldn't – I don't say I would take anyone else. But there is only a handful of quarterbacks that you can trust with two minutes on the clock, you're down four, and you need a touchdown or you need to get in field goal okay. range. And Russell Wilson's one of those guys. That's true. So for me, I'm going to pick Seattle. And I'm going to say it's going to be – 45-42. Wow. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Russ is going to throw for four touchdowns. Okay. Maybe rush for one, and Chris Carson's going to get this one on Monday the ground. Night football? Hmm? Is this Monday Night yep. Football this week? Monday Night Football. Nice. So we'll hear uh, Booger in the booth. Um, but I think, yeah, I know. Uh, they need a better better Monday Night crew. But get I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's, I mean, with, I think Russ is just going to, it's just going to be one of those high emotional games. I mean, What's the over under that Richard Sherman gets a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? I don't think so. I, I think it's gonna, I'll, I'll take the under. I don't think he. I don't think he'll take one. I think. He, I think he will. I think he will. I think he'll like just. Okay. You know, get in someone's face. I mean, I love. I love Richard Sherman. Legion I think of he's Boom. passed the whole revenge thing with the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, after last so, season. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you. Probably, or I mean, against Pete Carroll, because I think Pete Carroll's the main guy. He probably has beef. Yeah. Beef with. All right, next up, we got Jets versus the Giants. Giants at Jets. Jets at Giants. Doesn't matter. It's in the Meadowlands in New Jersey. But, I mean, the Jets lost to the Dolphins last week. And the Giants, I mean, lost to the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't even think off the top of my head who they've beaten so far this year. But So, we're going from, like, the marquee matchup of the week to probably the dumpster fire of mm-hmm. the New York teams going at it. Um, Definitely. We got Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold versus Daniel Jones. Taking the Giants. Taking yeah. the Giants for sure. Uh, Jets are a dumpster fire right now. Until Adam Gase is gone, that team's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll take Giants. Uh, probably some obscure score because it's the Giants. S- some score got me happening here. They're yeah, let's do like, well, I guess it's not really obscure. Yeah, like 26-13. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to have to take Giants as well. I mean, as much as I want to try and pick the Jets because, you know, I, I kind of like Sam Darnold, but, I mean, he's third in the NFL yeah. in picks, and he's only played half the season. 
I mean, I got to pick the Giants. Give me Saquon over Le'Veon Bell. I mean, give me Golden Tate over whoever the Jets have, Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I mean, yeah, give me the Giants. I mean, knowing this game, it'll probably come down to the wire somehow, knowing these teams. Um, give me Giants. 23-21. Okay. I mean, I'm just kind of pulling yeah. it out. It's just, you know – I really have no idea what's going to yeah. happen here. It's just nobody knows. I think that's why we picked these games because it's just Definitely. like who knows. I mean, kind of sucks we picked the same team, but you know. I'm going safe bets. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm not trying to go safe, but it's like I can't in good faith pick the Jets after you lose to the worst team in football. Well, that's belongs well, to Cincinnati Bengals now, but Seattle only beat them by like five points yeah. in Week One, so I can't be too hard on them. All right, so next up we have the match of the season, probably the game of the year in terms of college and yep. NFL. Number two, LSU at number three, Alabama. I am taking Joe Burrows and the LSU Tigers on the road to win as the number two team in the country, beating Bama and Tua at full strength. Both teams off a bye week. Give me LSU. I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Joe Burrows is going to throw for like four touchdowns. And like three, wow. even because this Alabama defense isn't like the one we've known over the last few years. Yeah, granted, we don't really know because they haven't played a single team so far. It's actually good. So I'm gonna say this one is gonna be 38-35. LSU wins. It's okay. gonna be a tight game because SEC football, so it's gonna come down to the wire. LSU by three. All right, that's interesting. You know what? I'm gonna flip that around. You know what? Last I just remembered. Last time they played each other, it was like thirteen or it was like nine to six in the national championship where Alabama won. So I'm gonna bring that down a little bit. I'm gonna say that was also years ago. Yeah, that, I'm just saying, like, just last time I remember them playing each yeah, other in a big game like this. So you know what? I'm gonna flip it around a little bit. We're gonna go 2017. That's my okay. that's gonna be my new 2017, score. 2017. All right. But still, Joe Burrows, I think will throw for. Three touchdowns, and they'll miss an extra point. Okay. All right. What you got in this one? You know, in a game like this, you don't want to play the desperate team. And I feel like Alabama is more desperate for the win than LSU. Uh, Bama needs to win this game, and I think they're going to pull it off. All roll tide. Uh, I never pick Alabama on anything because I always want to see them lose. But I'll be rooting for Bama this week. And I think Joe Burrows just gets stifled. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think Bama wins 34-20. 34? Wow. Okay. So You're projecting a, a bit of a blowout in, in, in Tuscaloosa. Going bold. Okay. Okay. I mean, all right. This will be interesting to see. I mean, go Tigers. That, that's what I want. To, that, or, yeah. So, so we'll just have to – or not. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. I mean, I, I can't wait for Saturday. That's all I'm going to say. Sucks that this isn't a night game. It's I an know. afternoon game on I CBS. Know. I'm like, this is when you do CBS prime time. This is like what would be the- have to multicast the LSU-Bama game and then Idaho-Montana in the corner. God, that that is the saddest thing I've heard all, yep. all week. Yep. Uh, speaking of, UI at Montana. Yeah. Um, let's just 3-2-1 Montana. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's just get this out of the way. Montana's going to win. Yeah. Barring everyone on the Grizzlies team gets hurt and cannot play and yeah. they have to forfeit. I go I go 47-28. Um 
You know what? I'm gonna reject. 63 to nothing. I mean, Jesus. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna project. Let's think here. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say 56 to 17. Ooh, man. I mean, I want to root for the guys. Yeah. I mean, I want, I want to believe. I want to dig deep down and know and hope that they're going to win. No. But no, it won't happen, all right? No, it's not going to happen. It, it's just not going to happen. Never so, happens. Where are we at on time? Yeah, we're getting there. Fine. But, no, you know what? Um, yeah, this is going to be a bloodbath. I'm not even looking forward yeah. to it. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to be working the Montana State volleyball game. So, I mean, I'll be busy with that, but I'm going to check in. I'm not looking forward to seeing what the score is. Come, like, halftime, I'm going to be like, oh, no. Jesus Christ, like we are just getting throttled. No. Um I think that's all we we had on slate to talk about here outside of our Mike Leach Awards. Anything else you want to chime in or anything that's kind of been you kind of found interesting this last week in sports? Um yeah, we'll save that for Mike Leach. We'll save it for Mike Leach. Save it for Mike Leach. Alright, so we'll go to our Mike Leach Awards now. Um Alright, so for mine, I'm gonna go with at FS one, Chris Carter, no longer with the show First Things First or with the network. So a free spot is open on their morning talk show. And my theory is that it'll probably be Randy Moss. But I oh. think if they really want to go all in, they want to put all their chips on the table, they want to try and dethrone ESPN, you got to get Pat McAfee on the show. Oh my Pat gosh. McAfee, Nick Wright, every morning, talk to you about sports. Is there anything better than that? That is true. I don't know if you're going to steal Pat McAfee from ESPN, but... That could be interesting. Well, Pat McAfee works for the XFL now. He does. He also yeah. does stuff for you. He does stuff for basically everybody now. Yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. Like maybe he can go over there. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll see. Yeah, because like he now we're, now I'm thinking about Pat McAfee. Like talking about how he worked in the XFL. He said he has unprecedented access. Is what they are. Is what they told me has as a sideline reporter, saying you can pretty much go anywhere and do anything. So I just can't wait until I see Pat McAfee in a huddle with 35 seconds left. Like, all right, guys, uh, what, what's the play call here? Oh, my God. Guys, guys, listen. That's an awful play call. I, I got something different here. You know what? Guys, let's listen up here. Yeah, I could see Pat McAfee doing something like that. Um, it, but it's going to be much watch TV just just for Pat McAfee. Oh, 100%. He's going to be... He's going to be a guy yeah. that, that helps bring in all the viewers that are like XFL, why? But, I mean... They're, they're going to be playing in February and March, right after the Super Bowl ends. I think it's the perfect time to – Definitely. Because, I mean, the Alliance of American Football totally flopped, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, well, the XFL will too. I mean, yeah, I just hope we get a season. Yeah, we'll get Because, I mean, the AAF, we didn't even get a season. We got, like, six games in and they yeah. just quit. So That is true. We'll see. All right, Chris, what's your Mike Leach award for the week? Uh, I mean, just an interesting stat. I saw that, you know, good old North Dakota State got one vote in the AP poll. Uh, the Alabama of FCS football had a chance to be in the top 25 of FBS rankings. Um, I didn't think that was possible. You could even do that. But, uh, you know, if I ever become an AP writer, I'm just going to make sure that my vote every week is going to be Idaho football. Every week, no matter You'll what. You'll get kicked off the staff, like, no. immediately. They'll be, no. like, they'll be like, what is your argument for this? And you're like, listen. What's look- that guy's argument? North Coast State. I mean, like, I guess. Granted, it is North Dakota State. But, come but on. 
I mean, okay, if if you if you ever come work go work for the AP, please, for the love of God, just once, please do that. And being like, I you am. know what, my vote for the top twenty-five this week I is. University of Idaho football. Yeah. Everyone's like, why? It's like, when you look deep down at the analytics of this team and just seeing what they do, don't look at the record. Just look at the team itself. Paul Petrino, in his 22nd year as head coach of the Idaho football oh current gosh. program, Mace Petrino, the offensive coordinator, 20. Colton Richardson, oh the offensive God. line coach, you know. <laughs> Luther Ellis coming out of retirement, enrolling in school again as the starting defensive tackle at 67 years old. Dude, this... This team is going to be very dynamic. You never know. Matt Linehan in as a special teams coach. <laughs> a lot of things can happen in the future, you know. We'll just have to wait My and see. gosh. Oh, gosh. I really don't hope the future is like that. See, just the picture I painted for Vandal fans out right there. I think it was their worst nightmare they could have ever imagined, unfortunately. And I, think yeah. that's, I think that's hilarious. I love it. It's a terrible nightmare to think about. Um... All right, I think that's everything we wanted yeah. to cover here. We got our Mike Leach awards. We got everything out of the way. Um, thank you all for joining us for, for today's uh, kind of ending kind of unceremoniously. But thank you all for joining us on, on this edition of the Vandal Scoreboard Podcast. Uh, you can catch all of our works at thevandalnation.com. Also at Inside the Vandals, our weekly show with the UI Athletics Program. He's doing everything going on around UI's campus. Um, you can catch that on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, you can catch myself, Zach Kellogg, out at Twitter at, at Kellogg underscore Zach. Uh, Chris, you want to shout out your Twitter? Uh, yes, Chris underscore Dermer. That's capital Chris and underscore D-E-R-E-M-E-R. All right, and I think that'll be all. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, tune in next week for another edition of the podcast, and we'll see you all then. Go Vandals. Roll Vandals.